This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Woo! He's now rocking with One Nation Radio. Welcome to the program. James Boy, Richard Ladder, and a couple friends. With the show for your wrestling needs. Shopping out the rest of the IWC. We gon' tell her how it is. We gon' shoot from the hip. If they putting out trash, we gon' rip from the bits. Make sure that you tweet us and you rate the shows. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Now let's get it on the road. Hey. One Nation Sports. One Nation Sports. One Nation Sports. Welcome to One Nation Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Rich Latta and James Boyd. Welcome to the August 6th edition of One Nation Live. James, what's going on, man? Not too much. Apparently, uh, it was imperative that I had to report live from the underground, so I guess I'm here today. (laughs) And and joining us for the first time on One Nation Radio is Mike Rash. Mike, what's going on, man? Hey, how you doing? Good Uh, to be here. Yeah, man. Uh, a long time coming. Uh, we, we've been, you know, meaning to do this for a long time. But I saw like the perfect opportunity. I saw something come across my timeline the other day. It was uh, the last tangle in Tampa, and I immediately uh, texted you this picture. And then once you told me you were there, I was like, we need to talk about this because this card was stacked. So, Mike, before we get started with that, um, the first time someone comes on One Nation Radio, One Nation Live. Uh, make sure you, uh, or excuse me, I was thinking of something else. Um, (laughs) uh, the first time we have someone come on the show, we just like to have them kind of run down their wrestling history, uh, name their favorite matches and, you know, favorite wrestlers. Uh, I've been a fan since probably early seventies. Um, used to be a, my first big, uh, favorite wrestler was of course, uh, Jack and Jerry Briscoe. We were like huge in Florida for for Dusty's turn. Um, you know, like Dusty Rhodes, uh, later on like the Big Barry Wyndham fan, Horseman, and uh, we used to love watching the seeing the highlights from the Dory Funk Jr. Jack Briscoe matches back in the early '70s, which were classics um, when they were doing the chase for a world title, and yeah, that's about it. For sure, man. I remember one time you told me um, Dusty's face turn was like the greatest face turn in the history of the business. I, could you elaborate on that a little bit before we get in? Uh, before we get into running through the tangle in Tampa, what face turn uh, can you name that that probably drew more money over the years than Dusty Rhodes' face turn? I mean, it's just unbelievable how how big he became. I mean, he was big as a heel, but. Man, after that match with uh, Pac Song and Gary Hart, and he turned on him. Yeah, you see how big Dusty became. You know, uh, a big name all over the country. He could go from Florida to New York and sell out Madison Square Garden without any kind of uh, hype. You know, he would go wrestle in Atlanta, and just—I mean—he was huge after that uh, that uh, face turn. Yeah, man, like. Um, and, and as you you mentioned, like like he, they, I, I remember hearing that story about du- them just putting Dusty Rhodes like in the advertisements, and he's never been in Madison Square Garden and sold it out. And yeah. it's not like they had the internet back then. Three times, I think three times against uh, Graham. Right. Yeah. 
And as a time, mm-hmm. like, the only, there were, I mean, I mean, Flair could, there were only like a handful of guys that could do that, that sort of thing. Um, and you're also talking about a time before cable and before social media. I mean, there was no. Right. Yeah. You wouldn't, if you were living in Florida, you saw Florida wrestling, and that was basically it. And same thing if you were living in, in New York. Right. That, that must have been, like, a crazy time, like, to, uh, to to be a fan and then see how much has changed now. Like, in your mind, Mike, what's the, what's the biggest difference, like, um, between being a fan from, like, the 70s and 80s and then, like, being a fan today and, like, how you basically consume wrestling? There's a lot of, I mean, a lot of differences. You know, back then, you only had the one hour, one once a week, Saturday nights, to watch wrestling. And, that sounds lovely. You know, now you got... Now it's just so bomb. We got seven, eight hours on TV. You got a WWE network, social media. I also think too that you know back in the day when you had wrestlers, they come in, they'd wrestle for a half a year, a year in your area, and leave, and nobody ever really got stale. And I think it's one of the big problems now in WWE is you got guys like Orton and stuff that have been there forever, and they're stale. I mean, Kane, Big Show, Mark Henry, yeah. Yeah, I mean, was around forever. That's, just having one promotion really kills. You know, it's no surprise. Got somebody showing up as a surprise. There is nobody to show up as a surprise anymore. That'd just be some of the biggest, biggest things with somebody just all of a sudden a big name coming in and interfering in a match on TV, not even knowing he was in the area. And you can't have that anymore. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, Unless you're Jericho. You? Yeah, that's true. Jericho that's keep, it. keeps it keeps it, yeah. keeps it quite a secret. Um. So yeah, let, let's 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 run down the card, man. Like I, I guess we can start with the uh, with the main event. Uh, it was the last single in Tampa. It took place on August third, nineteen eighty, in Tampa Stadium, which no longer exists. I was informed. So, so Mike, when you um, were going to, this, how did you like find out about this show? Like, was it like just something you know on weekly television? Like they were like, oh, yeah. hey, they promoted it pretty heavily on TV. In fact, we weren't even planning on going. I was at a week before the show. I was uh, visiting my grandparents in North Carolina, and they were having a Mid-Atlantic card mm. there. And I asked my dad, you know, hey, can we go to that card? And dad goes, well, when you were to go see the card in Tampa Stadium? I said, hell yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, the card, it was a small town. The card up there was, I think, Blackjack Mulligan and a bunch of jobbers. So, so that was a way to get in to go see the, the show. But it was pretty heavily promoted on the – the weekly show for sure man i see like the only like big name it looks like around that time unless i'm missing somebody like is like the only person that isn't there is flair so he must have been somewhere else at this time (laughs) i think flair was i mean flair hadn't even come to florida yet um before so i don't think flair was i mean as far as a local name was a big name in florida but, All right, uh, so um, like let's let's just go through the card. Um, we had Dusty Rhodes take on Harley Race. Like, how how big of a match was this at the time? Like, like I hear those names and those guys are like obviously like legends. But when you see them, it's like Harley Race, the toughest motherfucker who ever lived, essentially yes. <laughs> against yes. against the beloved like Dusty Rhodes. Like, you know, a little bit his belly is big and his hiney's big, but you know, he, whatever. <laughs> like, like the only the only way that the only way that Harley race could look any bit tougher if his hands were, were caked in like mortar oil that's about it <laughs> so this was a two out of three falls no DQ match take us through this Mike well the whole 
uh, thought of the match was, you know, Dusty had, had Dusty had won the title like a year before, held it for like five days. And then every other time they wrestled, it was always like a DQ or something like that. So Dusty made a statement that if he didn't win the title, he would never wrestle uh, wrestle Holly Race for the NWA world title again. Oh this is the last time ever. This is it. Of course, of course that was a bunch of crap. <laughs> <laughs> so but, but you, you say something like that, you make it believe that, oh, Dusty's going to win the title on this. Uh, cause, you know, you don't make that kind of a statement unless he's going to win the title. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, it was, I said it was a hot, hot night. And I got to give props to them that they can go 60 minutes in a match. Uh, Fritz von Erich was the special referee. And it looked like times looked in the match like, like he wasn't going to make it through the 60 minutes. It was so oh. hot. <laughs> I mean, seriously, yeah. But it's so. <laughs> he had trouble coming out after the first uh, fall. And he wasn't even wrestling, so. But yeah, it was a long match. Dusty, I, Dusty's not a 60 minute. 60-minute guy, so it was a little rough at times. A lot, a lot of rest holes, but I said it was steaming hot. Uh, I don't know why you would do a card like that in a stadium in, in, in the middle of August in, in Florida. And I'm going to guess great. I'm gonna guess there weren't, there wasn't any AC. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, the worst man. part, too, is that it rained earlier. Oh, so man. So it just made the rain just how it is hot down here, and it rains, yeah. and it just makes it steamier. Man. That's exactly what it was like. August, Oof. yeah, yeah. It was it was August third, nineteen eighty, James. So oh like it, it was like thirty seven year anniversary of it. Yeah. Um, so in that match, it looks like I'm looking at the results now. Dusty Rose did defeat Harley Race for that championship. Um, this and this was one of the ones where like Rose never really held the title for a long time. Wow. Why, why was that? Well, your NWA title is the guy who had to travel around and go 60 minutes all the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, you got guys like, you know, Dory Funk Jr. and Jack Briscoe and Race who could do that. Right. And I don't think uh, Rhodes is the guy. Plus, another thing was back then you had to have a guy who could handle himself in the ring in case, you know, if you're wrestling in some area and some guy wants to go ahead and just pull a fast one on you in the middle of the ring. <laughs> That's the whole the thing. That's why you had guys like Jack Briscoe. Nobody's going to shoot on Jack yeah. Briscoe. Right. Yeah. And Real also, shooters. And also one of the things that they love, they love NWA, they love them some traveling heels champions. So yeah. you go out there, you go to your your, your territory, um, whoever you're the, the top guy in, who, in, you know, in Houston, for example, you go wrestle that dude into a, into a, uh, a Broadway and then you leave. Yeah. You're on your own as champion. But you know, say I guess some places they had you know you wrestle. They said well, sometimes you wrestle in places and there weren't the wrestlers there weren't very good. You had to carry somebody, yeah. literally carry somebody to, six, to a sixty minute match. I mean nowadays, and I don't think Dusty's a guy who can do that. I mean nowadays you got to carry the champion, you know. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Now you got to carry gender. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome, Mike. Uh, so. <laughs> So the uh, the the semi main event was uh, as I mentioned the main event was for the NWA uh, World Heavyweight Title and then the semi main event was for the WWF Heavyweight Title. So like, how the hell did this work? Um, I guess from what I've been reading lately, Bob Backlund is because uh, uh, this man Senior and Eddie Graham were big for, uh, were like really, uh, good friends. In fact, they often uh, called each other for advice uh, on how to book their businesses. So a lot of times that Backlund came down and wrestled, uh, he had wrestled here in Florida before. Um, in fact, one of the reasons he got the title 
Eddie Graham recommended him to be WWF champion at the time. So so it was kind of common for him to come down and and do a show every once in a while. Man, that's crazy. And I'm guessing Morocco, after this match, went to WWF and wrestled Backlund up there. So Morocco was always one of my favorites. Was was Morocco like huge, huge like stature wise by that point in time? I mean, size wise, like yes. he was in the W. No, but he was yeah, he was a yeah, he was a big draw. He wrestled all throughout the seventies and early eighties in Florida. He was in and out. Okay, because he used to be a, a big baby face. And then he turned heel, and then he you know he had to go against Snooker. Right. Like I was just wondering, like because I was wondering, like at what point did there had to be? Was he always gigantic like that? Like. Or was or did was there a point where like eventually like next thing you know like he's he's you know he can't even walk through the door he's so big. <laughs> yeah, he was a good he was a he was a good sized guy, but he definitely was. I'm guessing was probably on something on that gas when he went to WWE because I mean he yeah he got really big. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so he took on Bob Backlund for the WWF heavyweight title in the uh, undercard. Looks like that match ended by a DQ. Uh, what what uh, memories did you have with this match, Mike? Uh, it was a pretty good technically sound match. You know, Backlund was a little, I don't know, he's a little boring. I don't think he's the kind of guy that actually wouldn't get over today. Even back then, he was... I don't. Th- I can't believe he held the title that long up there. <laughs> it was like six years, I mean, right? Remember, Snooker was hiring yeah. him. Oh my he was, gosh! He, he was kind of blah. He's kind of boring. Right. Uh, well, he was. He was the white. He, well, he was here in Florida. He was boring. Wow. <laughs> Man. He was, he was, don't get me wrong. He was a good technical wrestler right. and everything like that, but he had no fire, no, no Ooh. charisma. Man. Wow. And Vince Senior was like, "Yeah, we gonna make this dude the champion." Like, like. Like, as soon as Vince bought the company, he was like, oh, no, nah, we we getting rid of all this. Like, we're, we're going to Hogan. Like, like, oh, yeah, that one never worked. I mean, I always took it as, like, you know, when they, cho- when they chose him to beat um, Graham, it was like they basically went to the route of they chose substance over Flash. Right. Almost. You know, obviously, you yeah. know, when you get Billy, you get uh, Graham come out here talking about like he can swim, he can swim the English Channel and all, <laughs> and, and he, you know, and all the other ridiculous stuff he used to say doing promos and bring him in because he was incredible. Like for me, he was almost like I was listening, I was actually watching uh, the first SummerSlam main event last night, uh-huh. and he's on commentary with, with Gorilla Monsoon, and I thought to myself while listening, and, and I had to actually check the, the commentary because I'm thinking at a certain points like. Is that Dusty Rose? No, that can't be Dusty Rose. Is that Dusty Rose though? And I'm thinking, so, no, no, it can't be. That's got to be Graham, because uh-huh. like, because there's no like, there's no lisp and there's no like real twang, but the voice is still kind of kind of sounds the same. Talking that so, job. So then I <laughs> speaking of job, he says when 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 when, uh, when Savage tags in Hogan, he says this is this is my this is my double main man, ho- ho- the hoster. And I was like, oh my god, but. Yeah, but I looked up and I saw it was him on commentary. I thought to myself like, okay, that's where that's where the transition. And I thought like, and like that was just a weird like WWE seemed like a weird spot. But like getting back to um, the card, um, at the time like at the time did you had you ever seen Backlund before, or was this kind of like a first time you ever the first time to see him uh, live Backlund? Uh, yeah, it's the first time I saw him live, but he was. He wrestled in Florida 
Okay. Uh, I'd say probably three or four years before then. Ah. All right. Uh, I think it was a, like a. I think the best he was like maybe a tag team. I think he had a tag team with Steve Kern, and they were champions. But hmm. I don't think hey, before he went to WWF, he ever really main evented anywhere. It's which crazy. Is kind of surprised. It's crazy. Like when you think about it, but very nuts. Um, so it looks like the uh, third match down was Les Norton. It was the NWA World Junior Heavyweight Title match. Uh, it was Les Norton defeating Mike Graham, who we love to talk about uh, on this show and in our group. Um, <laughs> Mike Graham fa- famously, you know, said Jeff Jarrett broke uh, ten thousand guitars and never drew a dime. So I didn't know Mike Graham was actually a wrestler. Like, so, uh, tell t- tell me about this Les Thornton versus a uh, Mike Mike Thorne match, my, uh, Mike Graham match. Oh, uh, Les Thornton was the junior heavyweight champion, and they bring him in every once in a while. I don't know how far recognized the title was, but they'd bring him in every once in a while. Wrestle like Graham or Kern or Jerry Briscoe. Um, really technical, sound guy, but again, little no flash, no another guy who just wouldn't make it. In today's uh, business, right? Uh, but I'm not sure he's a really good shooter and everything. He was, you know, uh, Mike Graham was. I thought was a really good worker. He has had a couple things going against him. Size is his biggest enemy, mm-hmm. and his father being a promoter, I think, hurt him. And yeah. he was never going to go anywhere in Florida because he always had Briscoe and and Rhodes here. There was nowhere for him to go that, but where he was at. Right. No. He, he was. He was. He was a good worker. Now, what yes, is, I know he gets a lot of bad Let's see now, but Simon's crazy He says, from Jeff Jarrett to Jinder Mahal Never drew a dime <laughs> uh, My boy Josh looks like He said, uh, Bat- Backlund headlined in Japan a lot And toured all over the new I, I don't know what he said Plus his charisma is underrated So, um, And then uh, What's up Nick, I see you listening Scott Parlett, what's going on um, When I see NWA World Junior Heavyweight Championship I think of one man, the great Danny Hodge. <laughs> now, 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 Mike, like, are you familiar with Danny that Hodge? Was before and, my, even for my time. Okay, because because Danny Hodge is like the fifties and sixties. Really, I thought he was like the seventies. I mean, maybe. He How do you think I am, Rich? I don't know, Mike. You I, tell me. I would be like this. He, like, he maybe the tag matches with like uh, with with um, Bill Watts. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I see Bill Watts is a wrestler in Florida. I remember that. I'm old enough to remember that. Man. Early 70s. Man. So um, what makes this like uh, such a super card is that now those are the top three matches. Now, when you start getting to the rest of the card, it's a who's who of like essentially like wrestling Hall of Famers. You got the Koloffs. You got Barry Windham. You got Jack Briscoe. You got Jerry Briscoe. You got Andre the Giant. Uh, you got uh, Lord Alfred Hayes, who I didn't even know was an actual wrestler. Like, so <laughs> let's let's get into the the rest of this card. So um, we had Andre. You, the, you, go ahead. you had the Briscoes on the bottom of the card. That tells you how big a card it was. Yeah, yeah, especially here. No, Although they were yeah, in Florida. I mean, what really to me what really lets me know how big this card is is eighty two, and, and Andre the Giant's like not even he's not even in the t- third from the top. Like all, no, the, yeah. all the stuff you hear about Andre being like the big, like the biggest draw, like going from place to place, and you know having these like you know you know pretty pretty standard issue blase matches. Like 
like Piper used to talk about, like they would go out and they were like, yeah, I'm going to take your shirt, I'm going to rip your shirt off, and I'm going to put my put your put your small shirt over me, and then mm-hmm. oh, so the thing we did like the other day, like, <laughs> so so like that's and apparently he was a huge attraction. Everybody wanted to see a seven foot four freak, seven foot four allegedly, you know. Yeah. So Andre, like we have, we we like to clown uh, and basically say Andre Giant. Like I, I heard stories about how he would like refuse to take pictures with Wilt Chamberlain, <laughs> and he would like run out of buildings when people would want pictures uh, with him. Was he really that big or no? Well, I understand he wasn't, but you also remember back then there wasn't a lot of big guys. Yeah. You know, you see now you watch wrestling. There's always guys who are 300 pounds plus. <laughs> mm-hmm. There was few. There were few guys back there who were who were that big. So he always looked. I mean, as big as they said he was. Man. <clears throat> um. So we got a question from uh, Jared Lark. Uh, he says, uh, "Who do you think is the biggest draw of all time across all eras?" Well, I'm. Gonna... I have to say Austin or Hogan, I guess. I mean, Rose would be right up there, but Rose wasn't, you know, wrestling in in a national company. I, I, I guess it'd be a lot Austin. Of places. You think it'd be Austin? I, yeah, I guess it would be Austin. Like compared just, to Hogan, and Hogan had like a decade long. <clears throat> well, Austin had like more all, shows. all that pay per view business and all the merch, like. But it was only like, well, that run was only what five years. Yeah. All right. So how does that compare to like say Cena? I think Cena's like that next level down. I mean, obviously guys. Cena's not like that. Cena's not never was like at the top. Like his best years, like were never on par with, say, a Rock or Austin or a or even like an Anoki or whatever. Uh-huh. But the whole thing is like he was doing it for so he's been doing it for so freaking long and doing so many more shows and these guys were more you know it's kind of I mean I don't know like how do you break it down like do you mean like the biggest, like, the guys doing, like, the biggest gates or or just basically, like, accumulate, like, total accumulation, like, uh, stat padding. Uh, Nicholas Guerrero says, Austin, uh, he says Austin. Vince saying he was the greatest superstar of all time says it all. Uh, and I think Austin, or Vince actually said that probably, like, around 2006. So, I always heard people describe it as Hogan made uh, Vince a billionaire. Or uh, like a mil- uh, then Vince lost it, and then Austin got him back there, and he was always more appreciative of, of Austin or whatever. Uh, and speaking of drawing, I'm pull- I came across a column about this show. Um, basically, they said Dusty Rose like slightly overestimated how many people were there. You know, if you know anything about Dusty Rose, you know he's prone to a little Not bit of is, yes. <laughs> so, well, well, so is the wrestling business. I right. mean, WWE still jacks up their attendance by like three thousand every single show. Right. So he was saying there were about twenty thousand people. How many people you you would say were there, Mark? Mike, probably like seventeen, sixteen. Yeah, I think that's probably about more accurate because you know the ring was set up in like one end of the stadium. It wasn't like it was in the middle of the stadium right there. That right. So it, you know one. So they gold, drew gold. that night. The gross gate was one hundred sixty thousand dollars, which translates today to four hundred eleven thousand one hundred ninety six dollars. So it's like half WrestleMania. Yeah, um, yeah. This is a uh, it's a it, the show went four and a half hours. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see what else we got on the card. The next match it was Andre the Giant versus the Super Destroyer. Who the hell was the Super Destroyer? <laughs> 
It was supposed to be Ernie Ladd, but he no-showed. Oh, man. Which I was disappointed. That would have been a great match. Um, Superstore had already wrestled. So it was kind of, that was kind of a letdown. Um, not seeing Ernie Ladd there because I was a big Ernie Ladd fan. He was a great heel. Yeah. But, uh... Oh, Ernie yeah, Ladd would have been right up my alley. I, 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 like, I've always heard about him being a great heel. I, just, I, I mean, but I've never really saw him in action. So I wonder, like, what was he doing to, to, to get heat? I wonder. Talking that shit. Oh, my. I mean, but yeah, not, was he like Thunderbolt as, Patterson? Yeah. You know what I mean? No, he's better than Thunderbolt Patterson. On the mic, really? Yes. Wow. Would you agree, Mike? Uh, Yeah, I um, think so. Like, you know, plus, he also had the size and everything to back up. But the only thing I always remember about him is that every, every interview, because he's always bad mouth and Rhodes, he never called him Dusty. He always called him Dirty Rhodes. Dirty Rhodes. <laughs> you know, like, uh, and if you ever go back and, and see a clip on YouTube or something, Dirty Rhodes. Oh, man. He's always, because, uh, you know, he always thought Dirty, Dusty Rhodes was the, was the heel. And he wasn't. That's my awesome. Favorite, my favorite story about Ernie Ladd was the fact that, like, he's. he's like apparently they were trying to set him up in um, in San Francisco. Like they put Gene LaBelle underneath the underneath the mask. Oh man! Uh, yeah, because apparently somebody there was some issue over payment over a, over a payout. So next time he shows it in San Francisco, he uh, they put him in the ring with uh, with Gene LaBelle was under mask on. So that man smoked the setup. He got out of the ring, got the fuck out of there. <laughs> like I was like, that's a smart man. Came out to shoot on me. Yeah, you ain't gonna shoot on me with you ain't gonna shoot on me with no dude that's nicknamed Judo. I'm good. Get out of here. Like, like you're. Your name is a dis or your nickname is a discipline. Yes. Fuck out of here! <laughs> oh man. Uh, so uh, yeah, it looked like Andre got the win over him. Not shockingly. Um, nope. So in the match previously before that was a match versus or mass versus mass. It was said Super Destroyer, and he took on Mister Florida. So if you're Mister Florida, who is this guy? Paul like, Jones. It was who. Paul Jones. Paul not, Jones. Not the manager. You remember him as a manager in uh, really? Crockett. Wow. He was good. He sucked as a manager. He was a good worker, wrestled a lot in Florida. Uh, came in under, he had a really good angle. Came in under a mask. I don't, I don't reason behind that was. The whole angle was he was wrestling Superstore on TV, uh, who was managed by Sir Oliver Humperdinck. And he grabs, uh, Superstore uh, took Sir Oliver Humperdinck's cigar and shoved it in Mr. Florida's eye and burned his eye. So he was doing a little blind thing, you know, for a while. Okay, so... That was my, a good angle. That's funny. Okay, so I have a question on Paul Jones. Um, I listen to uh, a few guys that do retro reviews, um, like Brian and Vinny, for example, and there's an argument between um, Mike Simpervivi, your homeboy, uh-huh. who watched that stuff growing up, who doesn't watch? He never watched it back. Just watched it. Remember from a child's mindset, right? And going back between Alvarez and and uh, Brian, and they're reviewing NWA '89, and they're saying, and they're having arguments over, was Paul Jones good, or was Paul Jones was Paul Jones good, was Paul Jones bad, or was Paul Jones not just not as good as like Cornette, for example? Uh huh. Because there were a bunch of managers back then, and they were all really good. And right. Except Paul Jones was like probably the work like the you know, the furthest back, but, I mean, it's, you're comparing him to Cornette. Is that right. really fair? Do You, th- you can't uh, compare anybody to Cornette. Now, in your, in your opinion, was he actually, was he really that bad, or was it just that there were other guys that were just so much better than him around? As a, as a manager? Yes. Yeah, I thought I thought he was terrible as a manager. Okay, okay. Um, but as a worker, he was a good worker, and he, 
I don't know what happened between him being a wrestler and him being a manager, but he was a good talker and good worker in the ring. Always drew pretty good when he was here. Uh, had big feuds with Jack Briscoe for the longest time in the, uh, back in the 70s. Wow. Man. <clears throat> so the next match on the card looks like we had good old Jerry Briscoe defeating Lord Alfred Hayes. So, like, we, you know, we grew up, uh, I, I grew up, you know, the first time I ever heard of Gerald Briscoe, he was a stooge. <laughs> so there's got to be a, a, a big contrast for how you looked at Gerald Briscoe growing up and how I looked at him growing up. But uh, shouts out to Gerald Briscoe, who I believe is a member of this group. Um, so what? yeah, it's like I think Jeremy added added him in because I think Jeremy like knows him in some some way. Jeremy knows Gerald Briscoe. Yeah, I, I want to say oh, that man. he does. So um, definitely one of my favorites growing so, up. So um, the like the, these guys are like great workers. Like obviously, like way back then. So like, what about Lord Alfred Hayes? Because <laughs> I I only know him from the commentary in, in WWF back in the days. Yeah, I I think he came in and wrestled a little bit, had a little program with Jerry Briscoe. I think he came in because later on they had to run an angle where uh, Sarver Humpernick had lost a match to Dusty Rhodes and he was made made Dusty Rhodes' uh, ballet for 30 days. And then Lord Alfred Hayes kind of snuck in and stole the Humperdinck stable. So I think he was just biding his time to be a manager at this, at this point. Mm, gotcha. But yeah, it was an okay match. Uh, Jerry Briscoe won. Yep, yep. Uh, and plus, I don't know how old Alfred Hayes was at this time either. I, I, don't, I said I thought he was just a manager until he started wrestling, but that didn't last long at all. Crazy, man. It seems like back then they just plugged you in wherever. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, we need you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you want to you wanna get booked? All right. Uh, so there was a seven-woman battle royal. The only thing I can see is the winner. Do you happen to remember the ladies that were in this battle royal? Man, I tell you the truth, I do. There's a couple of matches on the beginning of this card. I don't know if we were late. I don't remember the first card. I don't remember the Battle Royal. Gotcha. But women's wrestling back then, I don't even understand the, not to try to be sexist or anything, I don't understand the purpose. I mean, it wasn't like somebody was going to think about this card and say, oh, well, it's a women's match, so I'll go. You know, it's, it just, they you know, weren't something drawing was the money on at the end, I guess. Is, is what you're essentially getting at. They weren't drawing the money. Back then, I'll, I'll see how you can draw the money. So, like, you know, every once in a while, it'd be a match on, but yeah. So, like, what I what I gather, like, throughout the history of women's wrestling, like, there was a period, probably like a lot. They would do this. They'd be like, "We've got the women and we've got the midgets," and that would be like in the early fifties and sixties, and they were big draws. And then there was like a long lull, and this was probably like square in the middle of that lull. So. Mm-hmm. I don't blame you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the purpose. I mean, because at this point in time, like right now, I guess like Glow is starting up. It's eighty. It's eighty two, right? This is eighty. Eighty. So like, two, years, like, like two, <laughs> two, three years from now. Right. <clears throat> okay. Um, so before the, uh, before that, we had Jack Briscoe take on Mr. Saito. So who was better, Jack or Jerry? Well, I think they're a lot very similar. Um, of course, Jack probably has a better uh, you know, pedigree. He was an NCAA champion, and you know he did more in the business. But uh, they were very similar. I think they were both really good workers. And, and from what I understand, nobody wanted to ever mess with those two in the ring. You, know, you didn't <laughs> want to get cute with them. Oh, so. man. 
Um, I, there's there's nothing to me better than hearing about how old Jack Briscoe or Jerry Briscoe what would give guys to work that were in like their primes. Um, so uh, it looks like Dick Slater and Barry Windham had a match for the Florida Southern Heavyweight uh, Championship, whatever title that was. Um, so Dirty Dick Slater and Barry Windham. Yeah, I heard you earlier mention Barry Windham was one of your favorite guys, and I've always I've talked to a couple of my uh, other. Uh, friends that are fans from that era and Barry Windham's always a name I heard come up like what what was it about Windham that made him like so special and then why do you think he ultimately didn't reach the levels that you may have like thought he uh was capable of reaching I think mean, he was such a good worker he was so smooth in the ring I mean which is totally different from Blackjack from his father but you know he came in and Right around that time, he wasn't a big, you know, really big then. He was just basically, I'd say, probably his first year or so in the business. So it wasn't, you know, big then. But, uh, yeah, he was just so uh, good in the ring. I think, I think to me, some of the matches I've seen wrestle Ric Flair were better than the Flair-Steamboat matches. Man. Not that they weren't either. Hot But take. he was just that good. He, he would have been a perfect uh, NWA champion. And I don't know why they ever, they never gave him a title. Yeah, I think I, I want to say Wyndham might have got like the. He was under consideration this week. Yeah, he got the later on when he beat the. He got the like Buddha. the yeah the other title because oh. when WCW had two world titles, he got right. like the other one I think. But um, uh, besides that, it looks like it was Bugsy McGraw and Dick Murdoch. They defeated the Koloffs. Oh, racist Dick Murdoch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then Jimmy Garvin. Well, I tell you what, he was a he was a hell of a worker too. Yep, that's uh, that's what I've heard a bunch of times too. Yeah, he would have been. I think I understand. He would have probably been an NWA champion, but they couldn't control him. Yeah, not shocked. He was sort, of, <laughs> sort, of, sort of a troublemaker. Did you ever hear the story about how uh, Dick Murdoch bought Dusty Rose to a clam party and, and Dusty ain't know it? What? So oh, no. <laughs> So wow. like, like I heard one time he bought Dusty to this party and he was like, "Hey man, where are you taking me?" Like, and you know, he got there and then he realized that he was at a, uh, a pretty much a, a clan party or whatever. And then Dusty was like, "Nah, man, I ain't we're playing with this shit." That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before that, it looks like Jimmy Garvin defeated Bobby Jaggers. And is this the same Jimmy Garvin from the Freebirds? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So yeah, um, I like I like Jimmy Garvin. So in but, the ring, how much better was Jimmy Garvin than, than Michael Hayes? Oh, I think loads. <laughs> hey, no, Hayes was Hayes wasn't a royal worker. He was more of a. A talker, probably one of the best talkers, but, you know, he wasn't, he couldn't wrestle. He, you know, was, when you guys saw him in the ring, it was a lot more brawling and so forth. <laughs> that's what I like, that's I like, I like Jimmy Garvin. I just wanted to hear, like, how, that, like you know, as I said, how much better was he then? Yes. Because, like, it's it's so weird to see that, like, he's been with WWE for, like, 20, 20-something years as, like, an agent or whatever, and he's calling him matches, and he's notorious for... Like suggesting like ridiculous high spots that guys are like, do you want me to die? So, <laughs> yeah. like, so and then you just suppose that with like you know the, the the whole like you know bad street PS Hayes and they're just brawlers and they're they're just assholes from Georgia and like it's kind of weird. He's like, wait a second, like your career, like your career, like what you put on tape is like so much different than like 
what you are as a like as a mind mm-hmm. for for the business is like was it like just like you're athletically limited or what was, what was the situation what's going on or do you have like was that the like philosophy change once you weren't the one taking the bumps anymore right I always wondered crazy man uh, it looks like there was one more match on there it was Scott McGee versus Bill White any memory of these guys at all Mike <laughs> Scott McGee yeah this time he I think he he. He was another guy. He didn't have a whole lot of fire. Good, good tactical wrestler, but at this point, he's probably a uh, jobber. At this point, he kind of grew into. He got a little higher on the, you know, on card later in later years and won a couple of titles. But I actually saw a video too of him wrestling Ric Flair for the title. Man, for the title. And apparently, him and Flair were friends. From what I understand. Man, it, it could have been Scott McGee instead of Ric Flair. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I don't think that. <laughs> All right, man. Overall thoughts on this show and the impact and lasting memories that you have of it, Mike. I mean, I was just—I like said it was a fun card. You had so many superstars on the on the bill. You got you know a lot of guys I hadn't seen before. So yeah, I can take that away. At least a, at least once or twice, I got to see some of these guys. Um, but you know, it was a typical Florida Championship wrestling. I thought it was you know my favorite promotion of all time. And I wish they would be showing that on the network. Yeah, I'd watch a hell of a lot more if that the Florida Championship Wrestling was on there. Because I'm sorry, it beats out the world class and all that other stuff they have on there. Yeah, I uh, if they if they cover uh, Florida Championship Wrestling on there, like and start putting up like the archive on that, I'd love to cover that on this show. So like, oh, yeah. you know, like just just go watch a random episode and and review it or whatever. But uh, Mike, you got time to stick around with us for for a couple more topics uh, of, sure. of current day? Cool yeah, man, cool man. Well, you mentioned the whole part about like uh, McGee could have been Rick Flair. I'm thinking, oh, so 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 Buddy Landale. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I didn't say he could be Rick Flair. I said he okay. wrestled him and yeah, they were yeah, friends yeah. or something. No, no, me. I, but, oh, oh no, he couldn't have been. No, yeah, no, that's funny. No, he could not be Rick Flair. <laughs> oh man, nowhere near. So um, there was some video that came out last night. Uh, WWE was in Montreal, and uh, Sami Zayn was beat down by by uh, Jinder Mahal and the Singh brothers. And then the most unlikely of guys saved him, apparently. So Kevin Owens' hit music hits in Montreal. Zayn and Owens both from Montreal. He comes out and he cleans house of the Jinder Mahal and the Singh brothers, and there's just this long stare down between Owens and Zayn. Is this some? Uh, I you know I know they do these things at house shows to yeah, you know can happen. You know to make you know the the people go happy, but is this something they should bring to TV? Because you know Kevin Owens has had this character for quite a long time, and I think he's done well with it, but. Kevin Owens as a face, I think is something the world needs. Would you guys agree? Yeah, I think it's. I could see a face turn for him. It's about time. James, I, like, can I get a little bit more run on the on the hill side first? Oh, just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. I mean, he already like, won the belt, like, and then get, won like, the secondary like, belts. Can I, like, can I get like another year, or, or like, can I get to at least WrestleMania before this happens? Like. It's too, like, okay, maybe, maybe my thing is it being about him, like, making the save for Sammy more than it being about actually being a face. For me, I, you know, I kind of just wanted to be, like, personally where, I know it's a house show, but if that had been on TV, 
and he made a save. I personally would have loved like Sami Zayn to come to and like put him and put his fist down his throat. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I never want him to forgive him. Like ever. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I feel like these guys have to win the tag team titles yeah, at some point. Years, ye- yeah, years. And, like, and then Owens turn on his ass again. And, and especially when you look at what's on Raw right now, where it's like Ambrose is is slowly working towards like getting to a point <laughs> of like being a team with Seth. So like you can't just put no back to back like on on matching programs like right. you're mirroring each other. Like obviously. They do that all. They do that from from time to time, but not 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 right now. Not right now. Not yet. Not yet. We ain't there yet. So Jared, I understand. Uh, like for me, I I feel like that's the situation where they're in Montreal, and ultimately, Owens is a bigger star than Zayn. So they put Zayn out there because he is the babyface after all, and then they have to pop the crowd so they bring Kevin out there for that whole thing, and then he rolls out the ring and leaves. That's that's how I saw it. But no, nah, man, not nah. I need to save that. Like, if you're gonna do it, then like do it for real and do it like on TV. Don't don't do it expeditiously. Yeah, don't 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 like play around and have it just willy nilly on a house show and then all of a sudden supposed to show up like like as if it was the U.S. title thing with AJ. Uh, Jared says um, there are some people who are not meant to turn ever. Like the Miz is a great heel, but a terrible face. He doesn't think Kevin Owens as a face would work. Uh, I would say. It could work. It could work it's because he's here. yeah he's he's everyone loves him already. He's also such a good talker. He can figure it out. Like my whole thing is like if you can talk like that, and if if you can talk like that, and you're already getting cheered as a heel anyway, all you gotta do is stop doing the jerky stuff. Like it can still work out. Like I'm not saying like he's gonna be selling. Uh, Kevin Ko Bears, but <laughs> you you could you could you could link, you could turn him towards being a quote unquote tweener type easily. Uh, Simon Cotton adds in the comments. He says, "Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens at WrestleMania 34 for the U.S. title. Then you could possibly do it after that. Maybe well, you, you that that also would would require WWE to have two full time guys fight each other at a WrestleMania yeah. in a spotlight position. Yeah, and that would mean they would also have to like you know." Push Sami Zayn. <laughs> what up, Caleb? So, um, I don't know. Maybe, hopefully. I, what I really want to see is uh, AJ Styles, uh, like, you know, once he gets past SummerSlam, like, he has open challenge, and one open challenge is Sami Zayn and Chad Gable, whatever. I would it. love to see, I would love to see that sort of thing happen. Or, they might end up, like, throwing, like, Zayn and Chad together on a tag team, and then, like, that's a new squad for the division, and they'll figure it out that way. I don't know. Um, so Mike, there, I don't know if you've seen it, uh, the news break, Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman are having a last man standing match tomorrow. If this is anything other than excellent, what will we do? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it should be good, but I don't understand why you got, you, you're, you got a pay-per-view coming up and you have all these guys wrestling each other. It's to me, that just kills the waiting for that match at the pay-per-view. You know, they had the triple threat match last week. And, you know, sometimes I think they give away a little too much on TV. And then you got, you know, crappy pay-per-views like the uh, last one, SmackDown. Ooh. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, should, you should make those that those matches a little more special and not have them on TV every week. I, I That's think... why. Go ahead. Sorry. Hello? Mike? 
Did we lose you? Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's why I, was, I think sometimes they, they put a little too much of the matches on TV because now we've seen Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman wrestle how many times? It's, it's after a while, it's going to start getting old. And I think this is the perfect match. This is like a feud ender. In yeah. my opinion, yeah. like this, like this should be it. Like yeah. you know, the last one it was kind of definitive. Like with the ambulance match, I thought you know, first thing I thought Strowman won the feud. So if you if they want to do a last man standing match, this this better be brutal. And um, I feel like this match is like a dead giveaway that Samoa Joe is going to win the title. Why? Because he lost and now he's away from the TV? He's pretty much lost. And I feel like these guys, they're not going to do these two against each other after SummerSlam. So either one of these guys can fight Joe for the title after SummerSlam, I feel like. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I feel like I thought always saw Lonely. Once they did the whole situation at Great Balls of Fire where they killed off or, or try to kill off uh, Strowman, that the whole plan should have been to keep Strowman off TV until the night after SummerSlam, and then whoever is the champion, that's the or whoever um, you know is the top person out of that program immediately um, comes back. Like let's say you have uh, Roman win it, he he has to go against Strowman again. While trying to protect the belt, mm-hmm. or if let's say Joe wins it, then you have Joe, who's the heel and champion, going against basically brand new babyface Braun, who is now back after being gone for a month and had and was like the like the hottest guy they had in the company just about. So I, I always thought that that was where they were going, and they decided to bring it back after a week because, of course, they can't let anybody be off TV. They just can't. They have no. They have no type of like patience or restraint. Uh, so, I mean, I guess, you know, I guess we're headed towards, I, if, if going based on what you think and what you see on TV, I guess we're heading towards, uh, uh, Samoa Joe versus who? Probably Reigns. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm anticipating they're going to give Reigns all these wins before SummerSlam, um, if it's a last man standing, they can get creative with the finish. Like they can either just both like just de- like just kill themselves, and then one guy get up on a rocky two ending type oh, shit. <laughs> I thought you were saying you're gonna do a double ten. I'm like, boy, that. If that oh my gosh, that, that's fully in, in in the realm of possibility. If that ain't some lame shit there. Double ten count. Oh man, can you imagine imagine how long yeah, the episode yeah. of Raw is gonna feel to get to that point. Uh, Mike, you were saying. Now, these days now, when you want a promotion, you, you got a match like that, you can't really have a clear-cut winner because you got to make the other guy look strong. You know, back in the territory days, a guy was leaving, say Dusty Rhodes and Assassin's Feud were over, and they could beat the hell out of him in a steel cage. That'd be the end of the feud. Now, I mean, you just can't have one guy win. It always got to make somebody look stronger. You know, it's like the ambulance match. Strowman won, but then he got hit by an ambulance. And <laughs> Would you think just that would be foolish. a for yourself getting hit? Getting crushed in the ambulance, but I guess not. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah. So whatever these guys are planning to do to each other, like I feel like this is not to be missed under any circumstances. This could be the TV match of the year from like the violence that we may see and everything else, and just two big hosses going at it. And Strowman and Reigns when they get together this year, 2017, it has not disappointed. Um, so. Uh, 
my, one of my favorites and an all-time legend um, is gone from the company, James and Mike. Even Marie is no longer with WWE. Uh, she and WWE announced they were parting ways after four glorious years. And, uh, you know, uh, there is, you know, she she's a sure first ballot Hall of Famer. So I expected to see uh, to see her at WrestleMania 34 uh, doing a speech and everything. Uh am lining over the Undertaker, right? Pretty much, yeah. You know, because Undertaker's <laughs> not retired. So I'm going to let them tell it. They still got Roman Reigns bringing up the Undertaker. Hell, the Undertaker could show up at SummerSlam and, and uh, <laughs> it cost Roman Reigns the match. So basically, kick him in the dick. So basically, what they did with Lesnar two years ago. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Hey, Mike, I want to ask you this. Um, if you were booking the company, would you ever have. Roman Reigns mentioned that he retired The Undertaker. Man, that just pisses off a lot of people every time he uh, brings it up. I mean, it's a great thing to have on your resume, but they got to find a way to get him over. So I don't think that's ever going to happen now, but... (laughs) We're we're waiting for days. For anybody else, yeah, it'd be a great thing to mention every once in a while. It's a great resume, but... Man, that just pisses people off. Simon said, I swear to Christ. <laughs> that's, that's like uh, Carver in the Wire. Yes, exactly. I swear to heaven, Christ, I'm going to beat you harder and faster. Longer than you beat your own dicks. Yeah, like, dude, I, I just can't. I just don't understand it. Like, I understand the whole thing is like, they're, they're, yeah, he's supposed to be a baby face to the, to the, to the kids and the uh, women, but he's supposed to be like a heel to the guys. And it's like, that sounds good. He's not Cena though, and like Cena like draws, like so maybe not, you know, antagonize your fan base with a guy that doesn't draw. I don't or or doesn't draw like anybody else to, to compare it to the next guy. Right. I, it, it, they, it's so weird to go through and look at like what they've done with this company as far as like four years ago or five years ago as far as like. Them, like, like their ju- like their justification for like the reason why like they were never sure or sold on Daniel Bryan as a guy is like even though like everything he did was at the same time like better than what Roman did, <laughs> right? And you compare it to now, it's like all that stuff that were like roadblocks for 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 why Bryan couldn't make it. Like that shit is like this. That shit don't exist. That for shit Roman. does not exist for Roman at all. Like it's so, and it's so frustrating. They're kicking like, and screaming to because, give uh, him the title because, like, at the, at the end of the day, it's like they they both get it done in the ring. They both do. Like you can say what you want to about Reigns. Reigns has two more longer resume of good pay per view match for someone to say, oh, he can't do it in the ring or whatever else. Like, but he has the look. He has the athleticism. He has the size. But like. They they like either they give him the mic and then he does nothing, <laughs> or they just never give him the mic and he just basically like the whole thing is like he can't change anybody's opinion. So I was like, well, damn, like what, like, you know, y'all just gonna be okay with this? Y'all just okay with just going out line with it? Like he just gets booed out every every TV he's on, every big show for the, for, for, for for rest Forever. of his career. Forever. Like he's going to get booed out of the Hall of Fame in like 2030. In, in like 2030. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Booed out of the Hall of Fame. As a babyface. Never turned heel either. <laughs> Career babyface. Booed out of, his, out of the Hall of Fame speech. Booed oh, at his man. funeral. Booed at his funeral. God damn it. Um, 
So uh, Simon also says, you know what might have gotten Reigns over? Losing to The Undertaker and then getting beat up by Strowman. I think that's what happened, though. Wait, say that again? He said, you know what might have gotten Reigns over? Losing to The Undertaker and then getting beat up by Strowman. You know what might have gotten Reigns over? A time machine so we can go back and keep Daniel Bryan out of the 2015 World Rumble. <laughs> <Nothing>. <laughs> like, That's unle- it. Unless you hop in the time machine. That's literally that, it. There's nothing you can do. Or, or you hop in the time machine and go in that 2014 and he throws out Batista. Right. Those That's are the it. only two options. Or, That's it. Or he wins the WWE title at Money in the Bank as a surprise. In 2014? In 2014. Right after, yeah. That's like. Unless you're going back in time, unless you unless you solve this space time continuum thing, <laughs> it, it's done. It's just, it's over. Like like the what is it? The cows have already came home on that. Yes. The, 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 uh, the you're sorry. the DeLorean out. Nicholas yeah. Nicholas says. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it's over. Like he's only going to be like at a certain level. Like he's only going to be at a certain level as far as a, as a um a, a, a top guy. Like they like. They were so they did so well with that dude for two years, and then like for it to be about the time where they're about to you know see what they're doing and, and they they mess it up so badly, um, just because they weren't even thinking about it. like I was actually listening back on the the Brian video in 2015 of the Royal Rumble. Oh man, and that must have been great. He said, and yeah, Alvarez said that he was talking to somebody in the company. About, like, what the hell are you guys doing? Why is Daniel Bryan back? Like, do you think about, like, what this would mean? And the dude replied to him, eh, we didn't even think about that. And in my mind, I'm like, me and you, when this happened, we're like, I think even a forum when he came back, we were like, bro, do y'all didn't realize that, like, they're going into a point where, like, everybody wants Bryan to still win. And, like, it's only two guys can win. And, then, like, that's immediately what happens. He gets thrown out in the crowd, immediately goes, like, oh my God. There was only two guys who win this thing. They chose a guy no one wanted to see win over the other guy. Let's boo the, let's rain booze upon V. And they knew, and they even knew it was such. We'll bring back the 2015 not, Royal Rumble until the day this show ends. We're not, like, yeah, I'm not even going to go back into like going through like what they did with that with this fucking show. Like I'm like they they ruined. They ruined, ruined the business. They, like, like they, <laughs> they ruined the next star, and they, yeah. and they haven't even like moved off of them. Got they ruined them. Like it's it's so bad. Like imagine if like for example, Simon says ima- go back in time and pick Dean Ambrose over Roman Reigns at that Rumble fixes everything. I'm not sure I about that. I I don't I, I wrap my mind around around the, the Dean Ambrose thing. I, what I will say is like imagine if like Sting doesn't beat. Uh, Flair in the '89 ba- uh, Great American Bash, and then like they and then like they continue to go around, go down the road with Sting after that, after losing. Like no, but you mean the '90 Amer- Great American Bash? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Like imagine that. It's like yeah, you know, we we completely like neutered this dude. Like we we've irreparably harmed this guy when it was time when it was the right time, and we're just going to continue forward. Oh man! And push through. Like no, just. Ugh. So back to Eve Marie, um, okay. who's who's no longer with <laughs> WWE. Um, I was an Eve Marie guy uh, for many reasons. I thought she had more heat than everyone. I thought she had star quality. Uh, I didn't think she was a great wrestler. Obviously, I did think she got better though, and she's better than what Lana's doing right now. And that that might not be saying much, but 
I think she was just miscast for the era that she was in. You know, we had the four horsewomen running around, but I will go to my grave thinking that her match against Bailey in NAC. So what you're saying is that she would have been a star had we gone back to an era when we didn't respect women as wrestlers and they were doing bra and panty matches and they were like then they were like, <laughs> you know showing their their fake noggins with uh, with handprints over the top. She could have been a star in this era. It was just would have depended on not how you a, did. Not as a wrestler. No, not as a wrestler. She had to be a manager. She would, she could have Yep, she could she, she, she could have put together a stable. She could have been like the the woman million dollar corporation. She could have like figured something out because I will go to my as I was saying I will go to my grave thinking the match she had against Bailey at NXT was one of the greatest examples of like crowd manipulation and WWE being aware of what people actually think of someone and then using it and then beating that person like and not having like. Like basically putting the belt on her and fucking up like the organic, you was, know, thing that was built in NXT. Like that shit was would have drawn. I feel like maybe or they could do a typical WWE fashion nowadays and just like, oh, we know all we know. Nobody actually wants to see this. Well, because we're not because we're so bad at like actually like making feel good moments. Let's let's piss you off and let's have uh, even rewin the title. Right, so, like she wouldn't have to win the title though. She would just have to be around <laughs> the title. But they, I, I, I wouldn't really trust them to pl- to walk that line. Well, I'm sorry, this is NXT compared to WWE. If this was the main roster, she would have won the title. Yeah, she would have won the title. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I wrote a column like back in the day uh, around like the when she was doing all that training with Brian Kendrick. Mm-hmm. It was basically saying like you know. It was like, give Eva a chance or something like that. Because that was like around that whole big, give Divas a chance thing. I was like, I mean, you got to give them a chance. But let's not be selective on who we give a chance to. Because they all offer like something unique. That's fair. Um, the belt, we still saw what happened after the bell rung though. True. We did see what happened after the bell rung. But at that time, we didn't. Like for me. At mama, that time, we didn't. Because yeah, all we saw were, were, the, were the videos of, of her working uh, with Brian Kendrick. But and it, I think her promos actually, when she came back to NXT, were very self-aware, and I feel like they were very like, I know what y'all what y'all are thinking. Okay, so let's fast forward to after the draft that she's on uh, main Smackdown, roster. I don't know what the and fuck. And then they like did. the whole thing is like the whole gimmick is like how she is procrastinating and kicking the can down the road to avoid actually wrestling, and then she gets popped for for uh, a wellness violation. And never, and never is seen again. Yeah, like a one month suspension turned to a full year and a, and a release. I don't know what happened in in uh, SmackDown, but WWE dropped the ball with her because they they could have figured something out. And whatever, what, what did you think of Eva Marie, Mike? Uh, I didn't see too much of her wrestling, but I liked the little angle they had her when she started SmackDown. You know, not showing, you know, not wrestling and hurting her knee or. I thought that was a nice little thing they did with her, but you know, not everybody has to be a great worker to to be in there. But yeah, she probably would have been better as a valet or a manager. Well, I got a question for you. Yeah. Why in the hell is Lana wrestling? <laughs> I liked oh, her man. character when she first came in, Rusev. Oh, she was. She could have like, been a manager, and that's why I think what it need. You need to get a couple managers in there. Some of these guys definitely need a manager, but they had just totally ruined Lana with. The Dolph Ziggler thing, and they just they've just yeah. ruined her ever since then. She shouldn't be wrestling. That's just 
That's embarrassing. Yeah, she I, when when she first came in, I thought she was just like absolutely dynamic, explosive on yeah. the mic, awesome look, had the crowd in her in her hands, and pretty much could work like she could talk with anyone for anything you need her to get over. She could do. James? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it came ultimately down to the, the what we've always heard about Vince. Vince hates managers. Mm-hmm. Like, other than Heyman, who's been a successful manager uh, since 2000, uh, in this decade. I mean, I would argue her first year was a success. Yeah, that's true. Like, when, when she came out and got that, that interest with Roosevelt at WrestleMania 31, right. like, that shit was like... Yo, they, also, they when came for. When are we going to use a steal a Russo on top of the tank for shoot Saturday? Are oh we, yeah, we need to or use have that. We already done that. We haven't done that yet. Okay. That can be that can be next week. Yes. So like that was a. So for me, it's just like okay. So you have that's pretty much it. Like it's Rusev, it's Heyman. I'm sorry, not Rusev. I'm sorry, it's Lana. It's Heyman. Anybody else you can think of? Hmm. The dude that came out with Tensai. His, his, his young boy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, something Moto, I don't, I'm not sure. Um, I almost called him Quasimodo, but that's a hunchback from Notre, from Notre Dame. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't I, know, I, man. I can't think of anybody else. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. AJ Lee with like Ziggler or Brian, maybe? I don't know. Well, Maurice. Oh, yeah, well, she's not really a man. Eh. Yeah, fine, sure. That counts. She's she's sitting there on the side. She's always helping the Chiefs. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, man. It's 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 a uh, it's an interesting uh, question. Like, why, why is Lana wrestling? Um, and had and it's had what three or four world title shots. Yeah, yeah. But she can squash. So I mean, I don't really think it really. I mean, they don't really care about the title as long as oh, we'll just get Naomi a victory over over a, over somebody that's not actually you know a wrestler, and that'll get her over. Like, like yeah. they, they didn't throw her out there just to like, just because they want her interest on TV, more or less. Yeah, I guess we only have five people in your world title division. You got to wrestle somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mike, my, my, what are your overall thoughts on like uh, the road we're headed to with SummerSlam, and as far as like you know the the profile of the matches and and feeling about how how good you think the card's going to be as compared to last year or, e- or even WrestleMania. Well, I don't think it's going to match WrestleMania. I don't know how this gender match is going to be. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's, I'm sure people are going to have a fit if gender walks out with the title. Um, you know, AJ versus uh, Owens, it's, we've seen it seven, eight times now. That's the only thing I probably have. You've seen the same seen the same matches over and over. I'm, yeah, I look forward to the four-way match. It should be pretty good. Um I think who else is wrestling on the card? Uh, they've got Bray Wyatt taking off Finn Balor. They've got Dean Ambrose and Rollins teaming up to fight Sheamus and Cesaro, which I think could be the match of the night. Yeah, I think it'd be good. As long as Dean Ambrose isn't wrestling The Miz again. <laughs> uh, I've seen that 500 times now. And apparently it seems like they're not actually going to go with a Miz versus Jason Jordan match. We need to talk about that. So, The Miz. For all the excellence The Miz shown showed from July to I guess Wrestlemania right mm-hmm. it was a tragedy that he was taken from Smackdown I'm slowly coming to that conclusion how in God's green earth is the Miz the man that single handedly 
resuscitated the Intercontinental title, made Dolph Ziggler look like he was worth a damn, shot on a coward, and basically stood in there while John Cena hurled 50 tons of dirt on top of him in the buildup to WrestleMania. And then he had good matches with Dean Ambrose after that on pay-per-view. How is this man not going to be on the SummerSlam card? Why y'all got Jinder Mahal holding the fucking world title on SmackDown <laughs> that the Miz should have been holding? How, James? Because they don't care about the quality of their TV from segment to segment. They have plans. Oh my god! And, and they don't let anything in the way of their plans. Like they're they're short. The only time they ever pivot on something is is one of their one of the guys that they like like gets hot, which is almost never. But you know, you know what I'm saying? Like. They don't really do that. Like unless they pick you and you and you get and you build some momentum, they don't run with you. Like Braun Strowman built up momentum and then they ran with him. Like Miz picks up momentum and they say, "All right, we already tried we'll, this. We'll, we'll, we'll move you to the you know, we'll we'll do this with you, but like we're only gonna get certain yards to a certain height. And you can't tell me because of the ring work because like." I mean, Miz isn't that like Miz and, and gender is as far as in the ring work. Like, there's not too much of a difference between the two. I feel like the Miz has been in way better matches than uh, gender has. He has, but he's also had opportunities to be in the ring with, like, for example, like the what was it uh, Extreme Rules? Yeah, what was it, when it had a four way between like the Intercontinental four way yeah. last year. Yeah, it was Cesaro, like, yeah, Owens, and Zane. Like, you, yeah. I mean, those are like you know three of the what twenty or thirty. 40 best wrestlers in the world. You know, so... It's... It's a weird thing with him. I mean, and like, his whole thing is, like, if he's going to get something over in a match, it's going to be the storytelling. It's not going to be the, the athleticism and, and grace. It's just going to be that. I mean, because he works a soft style. <laughs> um, like, him and, him and... That's one thing, like, why, like, some of those Ambrose matches, like, either they're good or they're bad because either they just look like they're having a pillow fight or... Like, they get over the storytelling in their matches. And it comes down to where, like, you need a big stage to get over the storytelling. Uh, we had a question from Simon. He asked, should Jinder Mahal versus Nakamura be a squash match? I'd, I'd do that. But they're not. Like, dude, um, like, like Ultimate Warrior and I a Hoggy Talk, have man. I a question for both of you guys. Yeah. Are you ready for Nakamura USA chance? <laughs> you know how they do that. There's a foreign, there's a foreign heel, and then you put a non-American in the ring, and people aren't really concerned about like the baby face as much as like wanting to like put out like the pro USA stuff. So like they'll do they'll chat USA for a Japanese wrestler, hoping that Japanese wrestler beats the the fake Punjab guy or the fake Indian guy. So like that's. That's where we're headed right now. I can see oh, it yeah. now. Uh, I, I fully, I, I believe I said this in the group, uh, Mike. I fully believe that Nakamura at some point in this buildup will say something something to the effect that of like the United States of America has given us both this opportunity to come here. And how could you basically, you know, disrespect this country? Like, come on, man. I don't want to hear that out of Nakamura's mouth. Yeah. Now the whole U.S. thing is so old. You know, it's been, you know, doing the whole foreign person. It's, it's time to start something new. I mean, I've, they've been doing that the Russians and all that for decades. 
Like Nicole yeah, working on for how long still now? Still doing stuff in the fifties. Yeah, uh, Nicholas like, says no, no, he's no, glad no, it's no, not no. Cena versus gender. Perfect example, right? You were just talking like who was in the main event of uh, the Tangle in Tampa? Who was a special guest referee? Fritz von Erich. And what was Fritz von Erich's gimmick? Former, former Nazi. He was a fucking <laughs> exactly. He was a Nazi. Like that. Like this is what we're talking about. Like, like I don't even. There's no like. Just like wrestling has so much like of that in it. So much of that. Yep. You, you, it's up to you to describe, up to you to like determine for you what that is. But they right. have so much of that in it. Yeah. Um, you went a Nazi to being a hero in Texas. Yes. 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 <laughs> with with three boys, all American boys. Yes. You know. Yes. Oh man. Um. So. Um. Yeah, man. I. I. I, I would. Um. I saw this theory floated out. Um. Online. Uh. JD, uh, I was watching one of his videos. Uh-huh. So Baron Corbin cashes in during the match, pins Jinder Mahal, steals the title. Nakamura is protected. Basically, Nakamura is the one that ends up doing the damage, the Kinshasa or whatever. Lays out Jinder Mahal. Uh, they turn it into a three-way with no rules. Baron Corbin steals the WWE title. Uh huh. Nakamura chases him and does it that way. So basically, so basically WrestleMania 30, basically like they have been exactly. WrestleMania 31, have brought like stayed right. and wrestled to get his belt back as opposed to going away for months because he doesn't actually care that he lost his belt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. I mean, it, it makes sense. I just, you know, I, I except for one problem. I never want to see Nakamura and Barry Corbin wrestle ever again. Yes. Like, there's, I agree. There's that little issue. I agree. Uh, what did you... I, I know you didn't see that, um, like, that pay-per-view, Mike, uh, but the Nakamura and Baron Corbin matches, something just isn't right. Well, the SmackDown match is good. We'll SmackDown match is good. Yeah, but the main... But the, you can't, like, have your TV match be better than your pay-per-view match. Yeah. I, I don't... Yeah, it's just bad. Um, we had another question from Jeremy. It was, would you like to see Johnny Gargano be the guy to oh, defeat sorry, say that again? Johnny Gargano? Well, we'll start from the beginning. Said, so, would you like to see Johnny Gargano? Yes. <laughs> Leave WWE. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, would you like to see Johnny Gargano be the guy to dethrone Neville eventually? Hmm. Mike, you have any opinion on this? Uh, who? I don't really know who Johnny Gargano. I'm blanking on Johnny Gargano. Okay, so do you watch NXT? Uh, occasionally, I don't get to see it much. Okay, so the tag team DIY, the dude with hair. Okay, okay, now I know who you're talking about. Yeah, okay, basically, like, um, yeah, basically like the. Uh, uh, the Ricky, basically the Ricky Morton of their team. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather see Austin Aries, but I guess that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They, they got to do something with that cruiserweight. I mean, I have probably I have the cruiserweight thing is that you see a guy for two, three weeks like Rich Swan, and then you don't see him again for two months. Yeah. Um. I- I would go for it because um, Neville, I think, has elevated himself 
to such a level that only he is on, and you kind of got to bring the other guys up there with him, and I don't want to see him lose to Arya Davari. I don't want to see him lose to Tony Nese. I don't want to see him lose to Mustafa Ali, who I think is a great wrestler. I want to see, like, and this plays into what WWE has done. Apparently, they were not going to resign. They're not resigning Rey Mysterio. Yeah, he's going to like global global force because I think it's the thing about dates. And I think that would have been a perfect opportunity for SummerSlam to have Neville come out there and say, I have destroyed the Cruiserweight division for the last eight to ten months. There is no competition left. It's SummerSlam. Who wants it? Booyaka, booyaka, 619, and, you know, just let people would lose their minds. Well, my thing is, if you're Ray, like, do you want to be on 205 Live? Or are you like, I have hey, to be. I'm a, for, I'm, a former, I'm a former world champion in this company. Like, I've held, actually, I've held both belts. Like, I don't, like, isn't he a Grand Slam? He's a Grand Slammer, isn't he? Yeah, I, I want to say he is. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm basically a first belt Hall of Famer for this company. I'm not going to do your freaking Cruiserweight show. He doesn't have to do the Cruiserweight show. Uh, well, I mean, if he's going to be fighting Neville like this one's like, not a title match. Like, or it's, a, it's a one-off. Like, okay. you come in and right. you do that job to, to right. the boy Neville. Right. And, you know, okay. however you want to do it. Okay. All right. But that's what you're saying. Like, I don't want to see Ray, like, fighting, like, t- like, on TV. Like, first off, like, I don't want one reason. I'm being, I might be selfish, right? I do not want to see... Him on two five live because like I don't want to have to watch two two five live. Oh, wow. And if he goes, if he goes to two five live, he's gonna have to start watching. And, like I watch enough wrestling as it is. Hey man, it's good. Like can he just go to SmackDown? Like he's he's a SmackDown person. Like he was one of the the six one of the uh, original one of the original SmackDown six. Like let him be. Who would you rather see him wrestle, Jinder Mahal or Neville? <laughs> I'd rather see him fight Neville all day, every day. Well, I mean, honestly, like, I get what you're right. I can't, I can't argue that one. That's absolutely right. But like, I don't, I don't, I, don't, I just too. What up, Jeremy? Like, it, it's so obscure. Like, so when you guys talk, started this whole thing about like, do I want to see Johnny Gargano like fight Neville for two or five live? And I was like, I'm, I'm just want to hear y'all opinion. Because for me, I'm like, dude, like. I want so much more. I want so much more for Johnny Gargano. <laughs> you want a better life for him? Yes, I want. I want, I want that, like I want that man to like you know to grow. Like I, you know, without restrictions. Like I want that man to like be on the main roster. Like if Chad Gable's on a two or five line Kalisto, why does he have to be? Right. Like, just let you know. Let him you know do something else. Like you had Neville come out there and say, I am folding the division. There is no competition. I am closing yeah. this up. I am retiring this title. Like, <laughs> Neville, Neville, should, like, ne- Neville should get to a point where like, eventually like, he is so old. Like, he kills the division for so long that he's just like, I'm done. Here's your belt. I'm going to the main roster. Yeah. I'm going back to the main roster. This is absurd. Because we are like getting to a point of like, this is like lunacy. And I mean, given... What we're what's going on with the uh, the UK scene as far as like there is no ICW thing popping off, so like they have basically cooled off so much on them actually doing a UK show. Like maybe like bring like those dudes maybe in. bring Pete Dunn um or no, I'm sorry, not sorry Dunn but uh but Dunn's the Bruiser right yeah bring Beta 
mm-hmm. and have him be the, the, the focal point of the 205 Live. Because he's incredible. Mm-hmm. Incredible. So, so it was done. Like, yeah, they both like, are. Like, they're but both like, like, I saw, like, I saw their, uh, the Chicago ma- match, and I saw, I was like... He did some shit, They're yeah. both great, but, like, Bate is... Like, I see why they chose a freaking 19-year-old kid or whatever. Uh-huh. I see it. Like, that dude's incredible. That dude should be on TV over here. Or, like, he should not be, like, on... Like, just be basically holding... Like, wrestling on... Pro- was it, is he in progress or is he in Progress, ring? I want to say. Okay, like, he needs to be, like, on... A star. He needs Make, to be on that cash. TV. Yeah, like, he's, he's so talented. Like, either... He needs to be, like, in Japan or somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Like, getting bigger dates. He's incredible. Yeah, man. But, um, that's pretty much... I think we made it through our whole thing, so we can end the podcast portion. We got a question, actually, from Nick that I want to do group exclusive. So if you guys are listening to this show, make sure you join the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group. Mike, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, You're more than welcome to hang out with us for the um, uh, group exclusive portion. But um, the, uh, you know... Do you? I know you don't do the social media much, but if you want to talk to Mike in the group, his name is Mike Rash. You can tag him; he'll always respond. Uh, anything like that. But any final thoughts on uh, WWE at the moment? Um, no, no. I kind of find myself uh, when I'm watching the shows now, fast forwarding a lot more than I used to. Mm. So uh, I don't know. Something needs to change, you know, creative or something, but. I don't think anything's going to happen for a while until Vince uh, kicks off. (laughs) (laughs) And Vince McMahon will outlive us all, so. (laughs) You're not allowed to be sick. All right, right. No no sick, no sneezing, nothing. But um, that's going to wrap up the show. Uh, Make sure you guys check out socialsuplex.com all throughout the week for the Lattice Lariat series, for Jeremy Donovan's G1 series. We just got to the ninth edition. So he's powering through on the marathon, ladies and gentlemen. Um, And what do we have? We have SummerSlam coming in a couple weeks. So we will have full coverage. Uh, This is One Nation Radio. Peace. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.